You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. So today we're going to do a bit of a deep dive and we're going to unpack all things self-doubt, which I think is also interchangeable with inner criticism and insecurity. And then we're going to get into what I found to be most helpful when orienting away from that, managing that. Um, I don't want to say ending that because I don't think that that would be honest. I don't think self-doubt and insecurity as a creative or human ever actually goes away. But I want to talk about, you know, what I think is the closest remedy. And spoiler alert, I think it's reconnecting with yourself, your work, and re-energizing your practice. So even if you haven't been feeling necessarily extra insecure or self-doubty, the second part of this episode I think will be applicable to all artists. Um, It's a related but also could be a separate conversation about how we reconnect with our work and stay focused. Um, I'm going to share the best ways that I've found to do that. So before we get into all of the juiciness couple little announcements, thingamajigs about the show. Um, So first of all, I have been doing a bit of a kickoff to season three by doing three consecutive weekly episodes in a row. And this concludes that final weekly episode. So after this week, we're going to move into our regularly scheduled programming, which is twice a month, uh, every other Wednesday. However, if that's just not enough podcast content for you and you need more things to listen to in the studio and you just genuinely love the show and would like to see it continue to get made, you can head on over to Patreon. It's patreon.com, patreon.com slash Devin Walls. The link to that is in the show notes. And this is a space I've opened up to receive a bit of support for the show. It does take a lot of time, money, and resources in order to put this out there. And in order to keep that sustainable, I'm inviting um, support from the audience if you can and if you want to. There's an option for you to just support for like half the price of a latte. <laughs> um, at the mid-range level for $5 a month, you get one exclusive bonus podcast episode every month. And at the highest $15 level, you can get a little bit of individual feedback from myself. So link in the show notes if you'd like to support in that way and check it out. Okay, and then the next thing to mention is that I created an episode guide in the form of a PDF to go along with this particular episode. And the reason for that is in the second part of this conversation, I'm going to introduce some questions for refocusing your work. And I think it's really helpful if you can actually get a piece of paper and write these things out. And instead of you having to frantically pause the episode and take notes or feel like you're missing out because you're driving or just too tired to do it in this moment, um, I created a place where you can get it. I made it for you. So you can get that PDF guide at devinwalls.com backslash resources. And that link is in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so I've received requests to talk about, you know, how to manage self-doubt as an artist since I started this show. And even before the show, it was one of the main things that students would come in with. And I totally get it. However, the reason I'm choosing to talk about this now, like when I was deciding what episode to do this week, this really felt like the right one because I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like the inner criticism and comparison 
I said that on another episode too, comparison. It really wants to be a word. <laughs> comparison. Um, I think it's been so amped up since the pandemic. And I don't know if that's like all of the isolation getting to us or the extra screen time, or it's just done something to our nervous systems where we're all feeling a little bit more insecure. But I definitely within myself have noticed this to be amped up. So I guess I just wanted to start by naming that, you know, if you're feeling it more than usual, you're not alone. Okay, so regardless of what year it is, self-doubt is kind of always a prevalent thing for us as creatives. And I do think it's good to start looking at it early on. It's good to have this discussion early on. It's good to acknowledge what your relationship with it is, how it shows up for you, and your best methods for grappling with it and hopefully working around it a little bit. And I say that because we have a tendency to think that once we're more quote unquote successful as an artist or farther along or better or whatever, that the insecurity is going to diminish, that our confidence is going to come from objectively being a better and more successful artist. And I think this is the key lie that insecurity tells us, that we need something external in order to make this feeling go away. And that becomes very problematic because then instead of working with the insecurity and self-doubt in a way that's actually helpful and sustainable, we get on a bit of a chasing race or something. (laughs) Meaning, in order to escape the pain of the inner critic, we start comparing and figuring out how we can make ourselves more like this other successful person. And we kind of put everything into our external appearance and success. And what's really ironic about that is the more we focus on those things, um, the more insecure we often actually become. Do those accomplishments in and of themselves breed self-doubt? No, not necessarily. But particularly when we're going after them because we want to quench the self-doubt, I think that's what perpetuates the cycle. I'll just speak a little bit from my own experience here and say that, you know, in my first couple years of paintings, yeah, I was insecure. I was nervous to share my work. You know, I didn't know if it was good and honestly it wasn't. And (laughs) I had the normal insecure feelings. But the truth of the matter is, is that actually every single year I've grown and received more eyes on my work and taking taken my work more seriously um, and learned more about art as a whole. I think I've actually learned how much I don't know. Um, Not to mention the added eyeballs on my work, which is still not necessarily very many, but still. Um, And so I actually think that my self-doubt has increased. So this has been something I've had to look at more and more and, and just deal with more. So I'm just naming that to say that if you think that having more followers or more sales or more exhibitions is going to solve this problem for you, I think you might be a little misled. Okay, so that kind of leads us to the question, but why? Why is the self-doubt so prevalent among artists and creatives? Why have we been given this burden of insecurity? Uh, Well, let's go through a little review here of why, in particular, making art can give you the (laughs) self-doubts. That's what we're going to call it for this episode, the self-doubts. You might already know this, but I still think that it can be helpful to name. So from my very humble perspective, making art is like really edgy, like incredibly edgy. And it's edgy for a couple reasons. It's edgy in that 
it's vulnerable, right? So this is like the most obvious thing. Self-expression is vulnerable. You're having to like show your real thoughts and opinions, maybe show your internal experience. It's one of the closest things to your heart that you could put out in the world, you know, other than like being deeply in love with someone and bearing your soul to them. I would say it's maybe second to that. So naturally it's, it's vulnerable as fuck. Okay, check. It's edgy in that our society has a very interesting relationship with art and artists. You know, it's often not seen as actual work or a real job. If it is seen as a real job, it's often seen as a risky or irresponsible choice. We, you know, don't uphold and value art in the way that we should. I would say our society as a whole doesn't have the best relationship with art and art making. So we're already kind of on the fringes in what we're doing in that sense. And then on top of those two things, it's edgy because when it comes to art, there's a hell of a lot of perspectives on what kinds of art are respectable, what makes something highbrow or lowbrow. There's a lot of collective noise around the opinions of art. And when you're making, you feel that. The more entrenched in any art community that you're in, the more in tune you're probably going to be to all those perspectives and opinions and shoulds and rights and wrongs. Um, You know, I dove a lot into that with I think it was two episodes ago, my conversation with Amanda Sandlin on myth busting. But you get it, right? It's like, we're doing something vulnerable. Society already has an interesting relationship with it. And then the very niche part of society that is all in with art making has tons of conflicting, combative, restrictive, uh, historically possibly oppressive opinions about it. So here we are, us with like our little colored pencils or our paintbrush and whatever, and we're kind of holding all of this, our own vulnerability and all the noise surrounding it. So I guess I'm just flushing that out to say like, damn, yeah, okay, that's a lot. It would make sense why we'd be a little nervous about what we're making here. I say all that not to scare you or add to the weight of it, but just to validate you in that like, yes, there's reasons why self-doubt comes with the territory. The interesting thing about self-doubt is it can look a whole lot of many different ways for each of us. I kind of see self-doubt as the virus, you know, like the root cause with a lot of common but sometimes varied symptoms. Deep apologies for that analogy, but you get the idea. So what's interesting about that is there's a lot of common issues that creatives face and they might not even realize or you might not even realize that what's really underneath it is a severe lack of confidence or insecurity. So I'm just going to name what some of these things could be. Your self-doubt could be manifesting in the form of extreme resistance, not making a lot of work, having a hard time starting having a hard time following through on your ideas, you know, like jumping ship and abandoning things really quickly, not sharing your work, you know, hoarding it and making everything in secret, even if it's really ready to be sold or shared, constantly comparing yourself to others. And, you know, the comparing can sometimes just look like a scroll hole. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. Like I'm going down one artist after another and looking what they've done. And before I know it, I feel really crappy. Um, I'm trying to be more mindful of that, but I'm guessing that that's a common experience. And then your self-doubt could also look like 
constantly trying to predict what someone might think of you and your work. And that can really F up your process. I have definitely gone through phases like that. And it's like, I can tune in to all the different ways that person X might perceive my work versus person Y. And that's just a losing game. Because like I already mentioned, there are a million and one different perspectives and opinions on what people like, what someone thinks is good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But if you find yourself constantly in that mode of trying to make art that will be perceived well by a certain person or group of people, you might be suffering from the self-doubts. So this might be a good check-in for you. Do any of those quote-unquote symptoms I just listed resonate? Have they been showing up strongly for you? And if you kind of take a look inside, does it seem plausible or possible that maybe what's driving that resistance or the difficulty following through on ideas is a fear about how other people are going to perceive your work or a fear that your work's not good enough or that you're not good enough? It's just good to notice, right? It's really important for us to fully understand what's going on so that we can address it. And you know, honestly, nine times out of 10, when I've had any of these symptoms and I've asked myself these questions, like, yeah, it's because I'm scared. I have fear around what people are going to think. And that's incredibly normal. Now, when it comes to managing self-doubt, there's a lot of different angles at which we could talk about this. There's an angle that might be a little more trauma-oriented, you know, looking at why you feel this way and maybe stories people have told you in the past. And I think that's a good way to go. But for me personally, what I've found to be most helpful is instead of pulling the emergency brake on self-doubt, is actually to put my foot on the gas in another direction. And that direction would be rooting into the truth of myself as an artist and into my own work. I see self-doubt and insecurity in comparison to really be a call to get back to what I'm making, why I'm making it, and what I love about doing this. I think that self-doubt can really pull us away from those truths, right? Um, And not just self-doubt, but like trying to make art for a living in general can pull you away from those things. And I think when we get too disconnected from that, there's too much room to get a little bit lost, right? And so I think coming back to our artistic truth is actually the remedy here, rather than trying to rationalize or steamroll over the insecurity that we're feeling. So if you are wanting to do that, here are some questions that you might ask yourself in order to reconnect with the truth in your work. Number one, why did you start making art? What did you originally love about it? This is a very common question, but I think it needs to be asked often. It's so easy to forget. And maybe your why has changed, you know, our why evolves as we evolve. But I think coming back to like your original intention can connect you to like who you are and your own path. I think this is a particularly good question if you have a lot of noisy comparison going on, because I think there's power in your own path and story. Like there's validity there. There's a reason you started making art, picking up a paintbrush, whatever. And there was something that you really loved about it in order to stick with it, because as we've already said, making art is like very hard and vulnerable. So what was that? Okay, so the second question is, what's the goal for your work? 
Were you not expecting that? You didn't think we'd be talking about goals with the art, did you? (laughs) Um, I know it's really counterintuitive, but bear with me for a second. Um, If you don't like the word goals, I think the word goals could also be replaced with intention or purpose. Like what's the purpose for your work? What's your intention with your work? And there's something about framing it in this counterintuitive way that I think can be helpful. I know that somewhere... Maybe it's very buried, but in your like vulnerable art-loving heart, you have a vision for your work. You have a high hope for your work. And maybe you feel very far away from it. That's okay. Um, but there, there's something there, you know? I'll just say for myself, like just to give you an example in the way that I'm kind of thinking about this question, you know, the goal for my work is to connect people into something as magical as possible. It's also for myself to create something that feels as nostalgic and magical as possible and to kind of connect to those two things. You know, I won't get into it. It gets a little bit more complicated than that. Um, But I would love for my work to be some sort of connection for people to like a collective childhood imagination that maybe we all carry a little piece of. Granted, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and answering this question. So, um, you know, don't let that throw you off. Your intention or goal might be something really simple. Like I'm making my art so that I can personally feel better. Like it's a mental health thing. And I think that that's totally fine too and, and beautiful. And I've had that intention many times. But when we start thinking about the ultimate vision for our work, I think it can get us re-excited about what we're doing. And I think it can also reconnect us to our own purpose as an artist. And when we're rooted in our purpose as an artist, it does have a way of making those insecure voices feel a little more insignificant. I think that I came to this idea a bit because I I had a pretty traumatic event in my family happen at the beginning of the year. And outside of that, as I was processing it, I kind of just started to have these thoughts like, oh my gosh, how like egotistical and just like dumb have I been to be so worried about what certain people who I don't even know are going to think about my work. Like that is so insignificant in the face of this true love and this true calling, whatever, if you want to call it a calling, but really a true love that I have for doing this thing. Like that is so minor. And it just made me realize that, you know, when I was in a more routine day-to-day mindset, I needed to stay connected to that vision and that love. So yeah, what's your goal with your work? What is like the tender vision that you might have for it? What are you exploring or interested in? It also doesn't have to be so vast, you know? I think it can be really nuanced and really minute and really whimsical. Um, It's all important. If you do not know the answer to this question at all, that's totally fine. Now is a great time to start taking guesses, start brainstorming, see what comes about if you were to guess. Um, The truth is, is this answer is also going to evolve. So I think it's really more about asking the question and starting to think a little bit in this way. And as you're taking guesses, um, if you want to add another goal and make this really meta, (laughs) the goal of the goals question is to feel excited by your answer. Like in the context of building resilience against self-doubt, it's really what can you feel excited about making? 
that's where I think we're going to find the gold here. Okay, and then the last question is a question about your values. And the question is, what is important to me as an artist? What do I value in art in general? And what do I value in my art? I think this can be a helpful question if you feel yourself plagued by like a lot of the shoulds. Um, and maybe the varying opinions and perspectives of people out there. Like, for example, maybe if you feel like my work has to be really serious and academic and it has to be really accessible so it can sell and it has to look good in the eyes of this person um, and it has to be like really technically on point, like I studied oil painting for 15 years and it has to be this. I think that when we get flooded with all of those kinds of thoughts, then we just get frozen, right? We feel like we have to please everyone and master everything. And we might not even know within all of that chatter what we actually value and what we actually think. So this question is a, po- uh, a call to pause, <laughs> call to pause and to reevaluate for yourself. What do you think makes great art? What do you value in another artist's work? What do you feel is important for your work? Not what your past art teacher thinks, not what some curator thinks, not what your mom thinks, but you. What are your artistic values? Some of mine are vulnerability, truth, authenticity, um, making things that are a little bit risky. I do value meaning in the work. But how that meaning looks might be a little different to me personally than it might be to someone else. I value experimentation and growth more than I value cohesion and consistency. And that might be different from one artist to another. I do care about like context in how my work fits with what's being made, but not too much, like only a little bit. You know, and I think there's some people that that's their main jam. So maybe for a lot of these values, there's going to be a scale. I don't necessarily care about perfect technique. I care about quality, like I care about quality of materials and I care about um, like expressing something in a way where it conveys my intention um, but I think that there's some artists who care a lot about the proper way to do some do something. And technical skill is of great value and importance to them. And that's great. That's really going to influence their work and what they make. So you can see how the more we get into this, um, this exercise has like multiple benefits. Um, In addition to cutting out some comparing chatter, it also helps you narrow in on your style and your work. Uh, Your values are going to play a role in what you're making. So we might as well kind of get clear about them. I think in particular with this one, having it written down um, and somewhere that you can reference can be very helpful because you probably will hit another point where you find yourself comparing or trying on the many different voices and perspectives that might exist in the art community. And when that happens, you can check your own value list and say, am I in integrity with my own values and what I care about for my work and art in general? And that is so much easier to manage, right? It's so much easier to manage one list of values than a whole world's list of varying values. And it's a way for you to be in integrity with yourself. So um, don't skip this one. (laughs) 
Okay, so those are the big three questions for reconnecting and rooting into your truth. Why did you start making? Like what kicked this off in the first place? What did you originally love about making art? What do you still love about making it? What's the goal with your work? And you could interchange that with what is the goal, intention, vision, or purpose for your work that you have? Again, permission for that to change and evolve and for you to just guess at that answer. And the last question is, what are your values when it comes to your art? What is important to you in art in general and in your own work? So hopefully after going through those things, you feel really filled up, passionate, and excited with yourself as an artist and your own work. And hopefully what that does is it kind of squeezes out like the outside voices and the inner critic voices, and you can just lean into like your own knowings. I'm not saying it's a full remedy because I don't think that one exists, but um, I do think it's your best bet. Okay, so I have one more kind of tip if you're dealing for a lot of self-doubt, and this is more of an action-oriented, in-the-process kind of tip. When we're feeling insecure and self-doubting, like I mentioned, we might have a really hard time actually making something. We might feel paralyzed. And then the problem with that is then that breeds even more self-doubt and insecurity. Um, As I'm saying this, I'm actually reminded of something that my therapist says (laughs) about avoidance and anxiety. Um, If you're not familiar with attachment styles, basically avoidance is like that person that you might date or that your friend might date who basically avoids, (laughs) um, who basically is like not quick to call back, is quick to pull away, gets freaked out when somebody suggests like moving in too early. Um, is stereotypically like a commitment phobe, whatever, you get the picture. But from the perspective of the avoidant who wants to have intimacy, every time they pull away or they wait too long to call someone back or text them back, they give themselves more anxiety about the situation. They feel more and more nervous to reach out to the person that they need to call back. And so the avoidance breeds anxiety and anxiety breeds avoidance. That's That was the point of my story. That's the phrase she says. (laughs) And so similarly with avoiding our work um, or having resistance to our work because we're self-doubting, I think that being away from our work in in this context um, and having resistance to our work, the more that we don't make it, the more insecure we start to feel and the more insecure we start to feel, the less we might make the work. So you get the picture. And I think in the process, I may have revealed a little bit too much about myself, but I'm okay with that. So in order to move past this, uh, a good thing to do is find an easy access point to your work. What is like a low barrier to entry? Maybe you're feeling really insecure about your paintings so you can pick up some colored pencils and your brain hasn't fully registered yet that that's something you should be insecure about because it hasn't fully associated colored pencils with your art with a capital A practice. You might also consider engaging with your work in ways um, that aren't actually you making your work. Maybe you go on like a Pinterest inspiration hunt or you go for a walk on the beach and you try to identify different shapes. Um, I think that there's lots of ways you can engage with creative thinking that aren't necessarily you with the paintbrush in hand. And I think when we start to do these things, we're building momentum 
towards our work and overcoming all of the insecurity. Something I've really leaned on, um, it actually happened at the start of the pandemic when I was just like knocked out by the shock of everything. And I've been returning to it um, recently as I've been working through some frustrating times in the studio is picking up my iPad while I'm still in bed. It's like, I'm still in bed. It's still chill time. I'm just messing around. I could basically be scrolling. The iPad's not even that different from scrolling. Um, And then pulling out Procreate and like just making color palettes or just making squiggles. And it's okay if that doesn't turn into anything. But the idea is I'm bridging that avoidant resistant gap a little bit by engaging. And so I'm just throwing this suggestion out there for those of you who might have clicked on this podcast episode because you're so overcome with self-doubt that you are frozen. Um, I think identifying an easy access point to your work, no matter what that is, can really be your best friend. I would even encourage you to make a list of ways that you might easily engage with creative thinking or art making that feel accessible to you. Okay, so if I had to have some concluding thoughts to this discussion, it would just be go easy on yourself. Making art can be really hard for all the reasons that I already named at the beginning of this thing. And I think when we're so used to doing it, we do it every day. We see everybody who's supposedly doing it every day on Instagram. We can forget what a feat it is. We can forget what a big deal it is that we like actually get up and do this. And so I'm just here to remind you that it's a big deal. You've probably sacrificed a lot to have an art practice in whatever way that you do have one, you know? It's a lot to make time for it. It's a lot to pay for it. It's a lot to be vulnerable so often. And so if you're here listening to this show, um, good job. (laughs) That's what I have to say to you. Good job. If you're wanting to go through the questions, like I mentioned, uh, there's a PDF guide for you with a couple notes on there to make it really easy. And I hope that those questions of rooting into your artistic truth can feel like a gift to yourself, like some time that you don't often take, some things that maybe you don't let yourself fully indulge in or write out all of the way. And so on this note of like being gentle, acknowledging that it's a big deal, when you take the time to do those, like just let that be a gift that you give your little artistic self. So... Uh, That concludes our discussion for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. As I mentioned in the introduction, if you would like to support the show and get more art-tastic content, you can head over to the Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash Devin Walls. The link is also in the show notes. Ways you can support the show that have nothing to do with money but are a huge help to us are to share what you're listening to on Instagram and tag us and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just scroll down, hit the five stars if you feel so inclined and write what you're enjoying about the show. As we're back in the swing of things here, I'll also be moving back into doing the Q&A episodes, which I really love. And if you would like to send in a question that you would like to have answered on the show, you can email me at devinleewalls at gmail.com. And that's in the show notes as well. I will see you not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. 
per our regularly scheduled programming. And until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.